So what's good? What's good? What were we talking about? About me being just I feel like you asked me for lotion before. You just think that women carry lotion. Around? Yeah, that's it is. It's, it's, it's not. It's not. Is that all women, or you just think black women carry? Lotion? That's it's a black woman. Oh, okay. You don't know because we understand that as you struggle. Exactly. It's just one of many that we go through. I was just a bitch. It's a butt. It's not. Hmm. Come on, just maybe come on, just rub spots. <laughs> All right, so what, what do you do? Where are you from? So, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. Um, Flatbush to be exact. Oh, snap. Not Flatbush. Um, yes, most definitely Flatbush. I missed the game because somebody <coughs> was busy, you know, but we were going to, you know, that would have been a, a pretty cool experience when I've been at Brooklyn Games. That's, that's big. But, uh, yeah, from... Um, East Flatbush, Brooklyn. Uh, moved to Atlanta in high school. Still not to be exact in high school. That was a pretty cool experience. A little different, a little slower. But, um, you know, suburb life was cool. So you went all the way from, from New York to Atlanta, Georgia? Yes. So you got a little south? Uh, a little south. You consider yourself southern or? Absolutely not. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, like I said before, I, I, I enjoyed the, the slower pace, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't move back to New York because that's, that's that's too hectic for me now because I've been so you know acclimated to a slower pace of life. But yeah, Brooklyn always be home. Brooklyn all day. All day, every single. You know the culture. It must have been like culture shock. You know? Yeah, definitely. Like Brooklyn's such a such a great diverse place. Like you could you could you know I remember walking out of my house going to school and on the way to school I could hear reggae, I could hear reggae porn, I could hear regular hip hop, you know what I'm saying? I could hear all different types of music just on a 10 minute walk to school, you know what I'm saying? Like it was so culturally diverse that it was it was hard not to be open minded about things, you know? So it was really it was a culture shock when I went to Atlanta because in Atlanta people everybody thinks that all Caribbeans are from Jamaica, you know what I mean, <laughs> Where, you know, and I knew better, you know, there's so many different types of Caribbeans out there, right. How, you know. I'm half Jamaican, you half Jamaican? Mm-hmm. Okay. A little, a little bit of patois. A little, little patois, okay. You, you know, know I'm the island gal, you know. Oh gosh, there you go. But uh, yeah, so, you said Jamaican. Okay. Have you been before? No. I would love to go. Growing up in Jamaica, I mean, growing up in Brooklyn, I felt like... You know, like, I feel like it's important that everybody, like, learn their roots, study where they come from, and, and you know, at some point, go there. Definitely. That's really the only way to gain the real understanding. Yep. You can go there, or you can just come to Brooklyn. Or you Or you can just go to Queens. <laughs> you're going to really feel like you're in a Caribbean area, like out of the world, Haitians, Jamaicans, Trinidadians, all that. So, I can imagine. Yeah. So, how did that influence you? Like, like, what do you, what do you do? So, I'm a barber. I'm a barber. I'm a barber. Um, are that, you just a barber, or are you that barber? Are you the barber? I mean, we can come back to my clients, but you, I would. Where, where's your place of business? What do you talk about it? So, my barber shop. I work at Faith Factory um, in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. Um, it's a squad of about seven excellent barbers. Um, the owner actually pulled me from another shop. I was at a kind of like a like a studio shop. I had my own setup, and it was cool. 
But uh, I started feeling like real claustrophobic in that room. Like, you know, right. the barbershop atmosphere is so lively, you know, and I kind of miss that. Right, yeah. I mean, that's where you hear all the drama. All all the it's kind of like the beauty shop for, for y'all. Right, but it's for us. We just get to talk about sports and who's better than who and all that good stuff. So I miss that, you know, the year and a half I was working at, um, at that studio shop. So he went and recruited me, and I've been there for about, yeah, almost two years now. Are you working on anything other than that? Do you have any other accolades, aspirations? Oh, most definitely. Um, right now, me and uh, my business partner, uh, Sean Busby, Busby, is also from New York. Um, we have a haircut product line that we're starting called BEAM. Uh, it's an acronym for Becoming Enlightened and Mature. Um, so we're trying to get that. We actually have the launch at this hair show in Alabama. Oh wow, what is that? Yeah, April 15th. It's called Cuts and Kicks, um, Cuts and Kicks Hair Expo. So that's where we'll be doing the official launch. Okay, so where can people hear about this? Can they buy tickets or? Oh yeah, you definitely just go to uh, Cuts and Kicks. Uh, it's uh, I believe, uh, kind of get some more information for you guys, but we can definitely set up the link. Um, yeah. and you guys are watching this, we can set up the link for that. Awesome, because our viewers, I'm sure, shout out to Huntsville. Most definitely, most definitely. We got Najee here with us, all the way from the south. Yeah. Here in LA. Yeah. So, so. we got that, and then we also have a, a nonprofit that we're uh, getting up off the ground called Lighthouse Mentoring. Um, you know, I feel that. Uh, in the black community, barbers are, you know, I feel personally that we are the epitome of black entrepreneurship in our own communities. A lot of times, we only own the barbershops and the beauty salons and, you know, maybe the gas station, the occasional gas station. So what do you mean, like, dig deep, elaborate a little bit on that, but you feel like you're the epitome. Mm -hmm. Dig deeper in that. Okay. So, okay, so I'll use my area, for example. Um... Okay, so from, there's a highway called 565, and 565 runs, and Jordan connects 565 to, let's say, let's stop at Spartan. That's about maybe a three mile, uh, a three mile traverse. So from that point, from point A to point B, there are about seven barbershops, right? All, you know, black owned and a couple of uh, uh, beauty salons as well. So in a three mile rate, and this is a predominantly black community, so you would think that, you would think that we would own more things, but that's really about it. Maybe yeah. with maybe- And when you say black owned, what do you mean black owned? You guys own it or who? Just now, and, and that's also another conversation. I mean, I'll say this. As a barber, you are a, the sole proprietor of your own income. Now, I do want to. I do want barbershops to move to the level to where they own the actual building that they're that they're in. Mm -hmm. But in terms of black entrepreneurship, in terms of controlling your own destiny and controlling the flow of your own. Do you capital, feel like you're there yet, or you still have a long way to go? In terms of owning the shop, or in terms of controlling owning, your own destiny, contr controlling everything, every well, aspect of your business. Do you feel like um, I put it like you'll this. ever reach at that point? I put it like this. I'm here because I want to be. And no one can tell me that I can't be here. So I think that alone is, is powerful in and of itself. Mm -hmm. um, now, of course, no one technically works for themselves. I have, you know, hundreds of clients. I work for them individually. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that, you know, I can schedule 
decide what to schedule a leisure trip, I can schedule a visit Because trip. to a certain degree, you would say you work for yourself. Yeah. You, I control. Like I say, I work for myself. I plan my, I, you know, you see how we schedule. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're at our own leisure. But, yeah, exactly. here, but at the end of the day, do you really feel like we, we have a long way to go? We do. I, I, I think we have a, a long way to go in terms of what I've found out about entrepreneurship is that it's about it's really about your mindset. A lot of people, I remember when I quit my actual nine to five job, I was working at Direct TV, and I was putting on my pants, getting ready to go to work, um, and I was putting on my pants, and I just stopped and I sat on the bed, and I was like, "Well, what am I doing? I'm literally putting my pants, preparing for battle. You know what I'm saying? Like like a nine hour battle." with people that I don't even care about, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was a very profound, like, moment in my life where I literally put my pants, took them off and went right back to sleep, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then literally became about uh, like a full-time barber at that particular point, because I made up in my, in my mind that I wanted to. Now, I'm not gonna lie, those first three, four months were, were hectic financially, you know? But I can imagine. Yeah, but I, I mean, nobody really knows all the work that goes into doing what we do. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's and we still ain't even halfway there. Yeah, we're not halfway there. But if we could change our mindset, I think that I think that us as a community can definitely, you know, progress in in you know entrepreneurial ventures. And dig deep in that. I mean, elaborate because I feel the same way. How can we get our community to either be more involved or want more for themselves? How do you feel like we can? inspire our community to uh, want more. Mm -hmm. We need more black-owned businesses. We need to take back a little bit of our culture. Would you agree or do you disagree? Most definitely. I think I think a lot of us don't understand um, economics in general. We I think that's the, the foundation. That is the, that's where we, we need to start. If we understood how a dollar works, then we would, you know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, you know, you of course, you've heard of Black Wall Street, right? How there are dollars circulating you know, 10, 15 times before the community. Now, you're lucky if 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 your dollar circulates one time. You know what I'm saying? And so if we understood that, if we understood that if black business A, you know, pays his, its black employees, and those black employees take that money to black business B, you know what I'm saying? You're literally funding, you know, black business B's employees who are then going to take their money and then circulate it back to Black Business A or C. Understood that, that very simple concept, that dollar just circulated, you know, once. And what it needs to be is just a matter of, you know, us helping one another as a community. Shop yes. local. Shop local. Go with your local people you know. Give it back because it's going to be given right back. It's going to be given right back. And, and I think that if we were to... I think we've been conditioned to think that, um, you know, we have to go out <clears> and buy these things because it's with you know, social media or whatever yes. it's telling us. But honestly, we need to regain our power first. Yes. The culture, the things that our ideas, things that can take account of us and then made a commodity and, mm -hmm. you know... Definitely. And that's why, I, that's why I really feel that that Black Panther movie was so <clears throat> pivotal. Oh, did you see that? Yeah, excellent movie. Shout out, shout out to Wakanda. Yes, Wakanda forever. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Forever. Okay? Uh, it was the, the types of box office records that is breaking. It's like, it's showing us, yes, look what your dollar can do. You're actually, you are a staple in the, in the you know, economic picture. Like, you can 
you know? Do you feel like, speaking of which, do you feel like, you know, especially with Black Panther and how great it's doing, do you mm-hmm. think that this is a time um, for our community right now to shine? Most do you definitely. notice how, you know, I mean, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but I mean, Black Girl Math is out there. It's there. They're doing the damn thing. I mean, of course we're paying attention to that. You know, and then, yeah, we need to... Do you feel like we need to keep up with this and, uh, you know, make this our, reclaim our, you know what I mean? Yes, you can't, like, money isn't everything, but it's, you know, if if we start to change our mind about economics, it's going to change, you know, because our, we, we want to live in a capitalist society. It takes money to make it. Yeah, say that again. It takes money to make it. And I don't think that people understand that. It takes money to make it. You have to want it. That's it. You have to want it. And what, what I've understood about dollars is that, okay, so time is the most important thing that we have. It's the, it is not only normal. Once those seconds pass, you never get them back, right? So what money does, money helps essentially buy your time. So if you want to, if you want to spend more time with your kids, you know what I'm saying, making more money out can help allow you to do that. You know what I'm saying, like, things like that, controlling your, your, your finances and your resources can help, you know, save your time, which can then be related into, you know, educating your own school and whatever, you know what I'm saying, things like that. If you're making more money, you could probably retire your wife and she can maybe homeschool the kids or she can, you know what I'm saying, have more, you know, activity, time with the kids, things like that. We need so. to set ourselves up the way these other people have. Yes. They seem to have no something we don't. That's not it, I believe. Yeah. I believe we are just choosing to not. It's all a choice. But the minute you take, the minute you take your $200 and go buy shoes with them and wait in line and buy shoes. And why do you think that is? It's We're because. out there buying Jordans instead of equipment or um, paying bills or, you know, we're just going giving our money right back to the same people that have the wealth. And have, you yes. know, why do you think that we are so conditioned to believe and and just live the way we live? Like, I- because people don't understand that. And, and, and actually, the millionaire told me this. He said that poverty is a mindset. It's not a, poverty isn't necessarily, okay, so starvation is a physical state, but poverty is a mindset. Like if you told, if you, for instance, if you told a, if you told a, 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 a guy on the street, okay, I want to give you $20, you know, what are you going to do with it, right? The, the, the poverty that grips him so much is going to say, oh, I'm going to spend this money on food, this, 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 that, right? The entrepreneurial mindset would say, I'm going to buy you know, I don't know, a dozen roses, stand in front of the club, you feel me, and sell each roll, you know, on Valentine's Day. I don't know my dad, to... like, remember I mentioned he was Jamaican, I, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, his mindset, I, I, I learned a lot from him, just watching him, he would go and order the big boxes of incense and make them at home and go yep. stand on the corner and make our rent money yep. by just selling them to a six year old, you know what I mean? Yep. Making necklaces, you know, the culture. That's yes. like, he's a five percenter. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. You know, shout out Chef Love the Palette. All day, all day. I grew up around a lot of those type of people. Like, again, I'm coming from, from Brooklyn where it was nothing to walk down the street and see a guy selling DVDs. So you, you were around the hustle mentality. Hustle mentality. Yeah, you know, LA is the same way. It's the same way. Where I'm from, if you, if you don't go out and get it, it won't get back. 
So do you agree that the South is a little bit different and, and you kind of are there for a purpose? Like when you should inspire some people to change the way they think a little bit? Most definitely. People, people see the way I got hustled and the way I grind. And a lot of times they think I'm doing too much. And in my brain, I'm like, bro, I'm not even doing enough, honestly. You know what I'm saying? Like, things that I had, like, the way, like, you know, the way my station is set up and the way I dress when I come to work and things like that, all of that is specifically geared towards, you know, not only providing a, you know, a up-to-par experience for the client, but it's, it's, it's about hustling. Like, I have no problem, you know, taking a stack of cards and, going to the club, we're going to Walmart, passing our cards. I have no problem, you know, taking a thousand pictures. You do what you gotta do. You do what you have to do. Because you wanna make it. That's it. So, so um, let's just stick right back in then. Um, mm -hmm. How, okay, speaking of African American and all that, mm -hmm. black, what do you identify as? Because you know, I don't know if you saw the video of Walk a Block a Flame or whatever. Mm -hmm. He, he kind of went in a little bit and, um, Enlightened a lot of folks on uh, are we black or is that a name that was given to us? Are we African American? What, are, what do you what do you think? That black is a color. Uh, I'm looking at a black king right now. No one is the color of well, I got a boy. Anyway, no one is the color of this camera. You know what I'm saying? No one's the color of this screen. You're not black. That is a name that was given to you. African. A lot of people don't even know where that word comes from. American, you know, they don't know. But those two places were named after two white or named after two white men. Because, okay, if I was a white woman and I moved to Africa, technically aren't I African American? Essentially, yes. So don't you think it's a little bit politically incorrect to address us as such here it is, in our own country? It is one of the most... Like, and the crazy thing about it is, is that you can ask 10 people and you're going to get... You're gonna get a variation of five different answers. And that confusion alone is one thing that, you know what I'm saying, if you ask an Italian, what are you? A hundred percent of Italians will say Italian. You ask a Russian, what are you? A hundred, the entire country will say, I'm Russian. Why are we the only people that have five different answers for who we are? We call ourselves a color, you know what I'm saying? That, that alone shows psychological, you know. Exactly, we need to, do you Okay. With that being said, do you think we need to go back and re-educate ourselves on who we are? Most because definitely. really, I feel that we are the natives. Yes. Aboriginal people are this land. Listen, if you if you want to hide it from a black person, if you want to hide anything from a black person, all you have to do is put in the book and then you'll find it. Say that again one more time. Listen, I will say it one more time. If you want to hide something from a black person. Put in the book. I'm gonna start putting all my money in a book. And why? Why do you say that? It's because we've been like for some reason we don't think reading is cool. We don't we don't think that reading is like a thing. But when you think about it, the point well, back in the day the punishment for you know back in slave times, the punishment for running away was they cut off your foot. But you could still live. The punishment so you for stealing. We've been conditioned. Yeah, the, the punishment for stealing is cut off your hand. Is the that, punishment for reading was death. Reading, or do you think that with everything we've been conditioned to think a certain way, and you know our diet, or you know? But right. But the thing about it is, reading is going to be the most fundamental thing that we do because all that information is there. It's there, right there. There was a time where there was a time where people weren't writing. They were writing books 
and, and, and collecting and storing information in books and they didn't necessarily have to lie to you. So there's a, there's a period of time where if you read that book, it's gonna be all facts because they were, they were just white men recording information for white people. Again, that's why I go back to the punishment for reading back at that time just actual death. They understood that if, if you were to heighten your awareness through reading, that you would actually understand who you are. You would learn that you were here before that. They were afraid that we would learn who we who really we are. are. And they would, and, 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 and especially the Bible, they they would tell you what to read out the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that you said it a certain way to mislead your people and stuff like that. So do you feel like you're still kind of looking like a puppet? Oh, well, me, you can't just tell me anything now. Like a lot of, because the fact that, and again, I have a lot more to learn. You know what I'm saying? Reading hasn't always been. I think we're never done learning. Of course. Of course. You're, the, day, the day you stop learning is the day you start to die. I tell people all the time, you are a plant. You know what I mean? What happens when a plant stops growing? Essentially, it's dying. It's dying. The minute it stops growing. It's not growing. So if we were to, for instance, if you were to learn that, that, they, that the pilgrims, you know, found statues with, you know, people with wider noses and bigger lips. They were, they were stone heads here already that had, you know, people of quote unquote African features. I mean, I think even KRS One touched base on that in mm -hmm. that, um, that hidden colors joint where mm -hmm. he was like, speaking about the Buddha. Yeah. You know, the original Buddha you know, had Nazi hair. Like, yes. It I mean, makes you sense. can go to places in Indonesia, China, Thailand, and see the original people walking down these streets. They are not what they put on these magazines. Yep. They're not the European shade. Right. They are black. Right. Blacker than me, blacker than you. Exactly, exactly. And the black is what? Is on. So, with that yeah. being said, um, you know, this was cool. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So talk about um, Faith Factory a little bit. Okay, so I guess before Faith Factory is in Huntsville, Alabama. Is yeah. it the spot though? Because you know, it is the you know, spot. I hear there's a lot of good barbers out there in Huntsville. No, there are a lot of well, there are a lot of barbers, and I, you know, there are people learning. So I don't want to, you know, encroach upon anybody's journey. Everybody, you know, is learning. But I feel like we do have the cream of the crop at Faith uh, Factory <laughs> Barbershop, and that's and that's and and and. I could just be saying that because I work there, you know, my opinion might be a little No, nice. no, by all means. Let everybody know what's up. Like, but yeah, we, we try our best. Because, in terms of, I mean, it seems to me that you're doing a lot more than cutting hair. It looks like you're trying to help the community out and, you know, help pave the way. And yes. you're somewhat of a pioneer. Yes, and that's that's what it is. And, you know, me and, and, and the owner, J. Cole, shout out to J. Cole's. Um, he, he's the owner of the shop. And we talk, we have conversations like this all the time. But it's really just more than barbering. It's more than barbering. You know, um, we are again the lights in our community. And kids, one of the reasons why why we go to the schools and why we go to uh, you know do uh, charity events in the community and stuff like that, it's not so that we can be seen. A lot of stuff we don't even record. You know what I'm saying? But we want the community to know that. Listen. Like it's possible to control your destiny. Like, Do you feel like you are more like a role model, for, especially for young black men? Right. Yes. And and I try not. And and I, of course, I want to be a role model 
to our community in general. I'm sure you get kids that go into your shop, right? Yeah, most definitely. And we, we check in grades. Their, their, their moms let us know. Oh, like, snap. I wanna, yeah, Mo, like one of the barbers in our shop, his name is Mo. You get a discount for having all A's. Oh, you hear that? Yeah, discount you get it. So all A's. You get a discount for all for getting all A's, and that's what and that's what most of it. And when we go into the when we go into the schools, we we, we checking grades and making sure that we're not getting any bad reports and you know. What so I'm you saying? guys are actually that. out here looking out for the youth and, and you know going above and beyond, just cutting hair. Yes, most definitely. We want them to know that it's it's more to life. We talk about beam a little bit. You said something about what does that sound like? Again? Yes, beam stands for becoming enlightened and mature. So, how did you adopt that concept? Well, actually. So I had an idea, I had the idea, me and my uh, business partner uh, showing, we call him Bugs. So we had an idea for our hair pomade like years ago. And talk about pomade now, so, because a lot of my viewers, most of them, they might know what that is. Okay, well, pomade we're is. We're getting real cultural here. Yeah, we are, we pomade, are, we you are. You've got to tell me. Every black man knows about pomade. <laughs> but yeah, so the, I guess, the slang term for, I guess, would be a wave grease. I guess, but, <laughs> but the, uh, I guess the correct term would be a pomade. It's just something that you put in here that you can brush down before you put on maybe a wave cap or a BX. When you take it off, it's going to allow you to kind of lay smooth and give you those nice ripples. You know what the ladies like. That's that's what's responsible for the ladies. You hear that? So, so you're making something for the men that are trying to get, you know, yes. trying to get the ladies. You need to really go and the, get this pomade. It's for the ladies. So what is the pomade <laughs> called? It's called being a so, but I'm, I'm working on working on um, you know different aspects of it. Okay, so we want to get into the shampoos and conditioners and like that. So I'm working with uh, a chemist out in uh, Chicago. Shout out to Stephanie. Oh wow! Uh, so you're all over the place with the product show yes. that you have the red ingredients. Yes. So you're yes. taking the root time you care about what's going in. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, because you know right now, you know, everyone's on that all-natural kick. Yes. People are very enlightened these days. Yes, so yes. So they're, they're putting watching. up petroleum in there. Right, know? I'm about to say, people are actually looking on the back and let me see what's in there, you people know. People are starting to wake up, and I feel like you're on the right path of helping them. Most definitely, most definitely. I agree. So with that, um... My name is Najee Wilson. You've been listening to the Phoenix Podcast Radio. Make sure you check us out. Uh, check all the barbers out at Fade Factory 256 in Huntsville, Alabama. And also, make sure you check all the barbers out at Fade Factory 256. Also, we're going to post a link to where you can get some bean product. Make sure that you get your waves spinning crazy. Also, I want you guys to support Lighthouse Mentor. we got some good things going on in the community. Working with our kids, especially our young men. So look out for some information on that as well. Look out for Culture Films' new documentary, Coffee is Black, coming out June 10th. And it will be in the